Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 66. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we're talking about the 2019 Netflix distributed film, The Perfection. And with us to join us... Uh... With us to join us... <laughs> With us to join us today to talk about this movie <laughs> is our friend and perfection enthusiast, Catherine Lakin. Hello. Hi, everyone. One woman perfectionist fandom, or perfection fandom. Apparently. That's what you guys call yourselves, right? Are the perfectionists? The we're the perfectionists. perfectionists. Yeah, the perfectionists how, is the known. Pretty Little Liars spinoff television show. Oh, is it? It is. I hate it. Is there, there's a Pretty Little Liars spinoff Yeah, it's show? about uh, Allison and the Why? other girl. Why the one is the question? One. Why? Uh, Oh, the, Emily? The, the gay one? Yes. Wait, what? Em- Emily and Allison were in love. Were they no. in love? I thought Allison, like, mani- I did what? not watch the show. <laughs> I did not watch the show. I don't think that's true. I thought it was H- Hannah. No, because... No, 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 you're right. Emily's, or, well, the, the, the not white one is the gay one. Yeah, Emily. Em- that's Emily. There are actually multiple black women who are gay on that show. Yes. Because it was But of Maya, the core people. Yes. Wasn't it for her first girlfriend was the lady from Teen Wolf? Now you've lost me. I'm confused. Before we get into this, we should say this is the twistiest fucking movie I've seen in a very long time. And it knows Accurate. it. It's trying to be twisty as possible. It does it intentionally. Yes. And I think that a, uh, a big enough portion of the appeal is its twistiness that should you want to remain unspoiled, uh, you should you should watch this movie before listening to this because it is... We're going to spoil it. I just genuinely think that the the twists and turns are integral to what it's doing. They're a big part of why it's... movie. Why yeah. you want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend that people watch this movie? Hmm. <laughs> the fact that I'm even hesitating, I feel like, means no. But, like, there's, so, there's several reasons to watch something, right? Do I think this is just a fun viewing for, like... Like, last week when we were talking about Poltergeist, is like, that's just, like, everybody go out and watch this. It's a great time. Yeah. Such a solid, good movie. That's not this. Mm-mm. But maybe people want to watch it because of how whack it is. You know that's I mean? why I like it so yeah, much. It's like, a head fuck. Yeah. I think that there's a reason that's, like, one, it's new. So mm-hmm. if you want to be up with the, like, Netflix release, releasing, like, horror movies. I mean, it's why we're doing it on this podcast. Exactly. So I think that there are other reasons to watch it that are just like, yeah, it's great. You'll have a wonderful time. You'll be you'll be scared. That's it. Like there are extenuating circumstances. That's not this movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll specifically warn people that it is both very gory uh and features uh sexual assault um as a like primary theme. Pretty heavy plot. Point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie that should come with many trigger warnings. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, make that choice. Um, <laughs> with knowledge. And proceed with us now as we talk about The Perfection. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This movie was directed by Richard Shepard, who has directed a ton of movies, most of which I don't know anything about. The one I do know <laughs> is his last movie is called Dom Hemingway. It was the one about Bill Murray being a shitty neighbor. Never even heard of it. Me neither. Melissa McCarthy was in it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, 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 yes. He's sorry. Like the I saw boy. a million trailers for it. I'm so yeah. sorry. I never know what that movie was called. It's called Dom Hemingway. <laughs> I still never heard of I've it. I've definitely seen trailers for it. Wait, that's not what that is. What is that called? <laughs> oh. What is the, What is that movie? 
That movie is called St. Vincent. Yes. Okay. okay that's, yes. That, that sounds, sounds familiar. That's familiar. Yeah. Okay. Dom Hemingway does not sound remotely It's like familiar. Jude Law. Jude Law. Jude Law is hot. This is Dom Hemingway? Yeah. Richard E. Grant. I love him. Love him. Yeah, he's great. A safe cracker just so released are what you're saying is what you're saying that you've never heard of any of his movies? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Even Lingui the one we incident. just thought there was was not his Oxygen, movie. Mexico City, The Matador, <laughs> The Hunting Party. This dude has a career. Sometimes we do directors on this podcast and it's like, you're they nobody. never did anything. This is uh, their passion This dude project. has done a ton and I don't know jack shit about him. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, it I was him now, which is that he's crazy. Yeah. It was produced he's by nuts. Miramax. Uh... Which I would love to know why there are Miramax movies coming out in 2019. Um, why is Miramax? The Weinsteins. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cool. So I don't know. One of them's still working, isn't he? Yeah, but I thought that they shuttered. I don't know. Um, but this is a Netflix distributed and branded movie very heavily. Uh, starring mm-hmm. Alison Williams, who I was shocked to learn that this is her second film ever. Get Out she, was her first? She was in Get yeah. Out and she was in this. That's so weird to think about. How did they find her in Get Out? Because she's so good. I mean, she was in Girls. She was in Girls. I didn't watch Girls. Yeah. Okay. Why would that's I watch that, Girls? That's fine. But like, I guess it's like she's just issue. a TV person and now she's been in two movies. Richard One Shepherd. of which is like the best movie so of So she wasn't year. like a nobody and then they no, chucked her in Get Out and now she's a horror. She's a... She's Brian Williams' daughter. She's Brian Williams' daughter. So she's like oh. a, a name. Okay. That makes sense. Richard Shepard whose name it took me a moment to remember, directed a couple episodes of Girls. So I'm guessing that's oh, how that Oh, he just called her and was like, happened. I want to do Interesting. this. Interesting. Makes sense. She's good. I think she's good in the role. I think she's a good... She's good at this in the same for the same reason she's good at Get Out. Because, like, you can't really trust her. Yeah. Like, even when you're like, oh, no, she's the good guy, you're like, eh, there's something else going on um, here. I saw an interview with her and the other lead, whose name I don't know. I didn't know either of their names. Who, where she said she specifically thought one of the successes or one of the things that they were able to do in this movie was play off of people's perception of her from Get Out. Yeah, she was that like, I, they, that was a specific thought process and conversation yeah. they had of people knew her from Get Out, and so they could bring that into this that and have sense. that expectation. That was that was a thing. Like mm-hmm. after Get Out, where it was like, don't trust Allison Williams. Like, oh, Allison yep. Williams is gonna come into your house and like. You know, like there's just there was a there was a thing of her as a as a person, not just her character in that movie, like Allison Williams specifically. She does it really well. She does. She's got she's got real big scary eyes, mm-hmm. but like a big like kind smile. So you're like, hmm, I'm a fan. I, I like her. I like her a lot. I think I watched more girls than anyone else here. You sure did. Uh, I watched zero episodes. Yeah, so. it's not <laughs> it's not a great show. Yeah. Um. She's but, good in it, though. Yeah, there's a there's a spark of something that in completely different hands with completely different people might have been a good show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what I'm describing is a different show. Uh, <laughs> One that doesn't involve Lena Dunham. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, let's get into this. So, um, what is the name of the other girl? Logan Browning. She's also very good. She's, she's the star so of good. the Dear White People TV show. She plays the Tessa Thompson character in the TV show. Mm-hmm. I've never watched that, Me neither. But I have seen the Tessa Thompson movie. Elizabeth and... Charlotte. Charlotte. No, it, it's not Elizabeth and Charlotte. Is it's it? Lizzie. Her name is Lizzie. Lizzie. But they call that's, her that's right. occasionally. They're like Elizabeth. Like they just Lizzie say and Charlotte. It. Lizzie, Lizzie and Charlotte are um, cellists. Both cellists. Charlotte is uh, no longer active because her mom got sick, and then once her mom dies, she reaches out to her former cello professor mm-hmm. and is like, "Hey, I'm back in the game." 
let me let me be a part of your let me in coach put me in (laughs) yeah put me in the game put me in coach that guy's name is anton back off yep because just thought about back off yeah oh god yeah i didn't think about that (laughs) ever of the back off academy in boston they say back off or is it like bach off i think it's bach off i don't think like, like bach I don't think he's related to the box. No, 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 no. But, no, I, but I don't, even I don't if remember, he wasn't. I don't remember anyone ever saying, like, the back off Academy. All right. Well, that's just my accent. It doesn't so. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Blame the And his, his wife, Paloma, also is involved. Yes. Yes. She's Elena Huffman. She's in Supernatural. Never heard of her. She plays Abaddon on Supernatural. Is that later seasons? It sure is. <laughs> I have like not seen that. like season nine villain, I believe. Okay. Or eight. No, you actually met her. Uh, this is a riveting podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, you did. Uh, you know, I like to connect every episode back to Supernatural. Of course. Yeah, and Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf comes up on this podcast so much. Did it's you watch all of Teen Wolf? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. I did not watch all of Teen Wolf. I watched two seasons. Yeah. I love when we start an episode and I'm like, this is going to be two hours. <laughs> I was going to ask how long you guys normally take to record. Uh, about 17 years. An hour. Uh, okay, so Lizzie is Logan Browning. She is the hot, she's the hot new cello thing in the cello world which is a big thing in this movie I guess, yeah. <laughs> um they are in shanghai for they're choosing the next bakoff or whatever mm-hmm. uh student is i wasn't sure what they were i mean this doesn't really matter but i wasn't sure if they were like you could also audition and pay to get in this was the one who they're choosing to be like like a scholarship. No, they, they definitely talk about that at one point because I, I picked students? up on it. They yeah. take day students. Yeah. Uh, who would presumably okay, gotcha, just be gotcha. people who live but in this Boston. This is the one who, like, Sheikha's going to come live here. She's going to live and breathe cello. They go she, scouting. Yeah. And she's going to be like, she's not just going to like be good at cello and then put she's her on her college like apps. She's going to be like the, the next great cello player. Like, if you of, come here to do this, this exactly. is your job. This is, this is going to be your life your going life, forward. While they're at this, like, cello competition in Shanghai, Charlotte and Lizzie are, like, the judges that Anton has selected to mm-hmm. determine the next one. And they one. never met each other. Or if they did, it was when they were very young children, because they're four years apart. So they yes. were... Charlotte was leaving the academy just when Lizzie was coming in. Mm-hmm. So they've always known of each other, but they don't have a relationship until, like, they right. literally... Because Charlotte's this. coming back to the cello world for the first yes. time in ten years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they are judging it, and Lizzie gets real horny... Because there's so some, horny. like there are some cello parents there, and they're doing some. They're affairing with each they're other. They're affairing, and uh, Lizzie gets real horny, and then they get real horny for each other because of their cello playing, because they play together on stage. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that was a very good scene. It's a little heavy-handed in terms of like their musical crescendo is like an orgasm. Yeah, literally, them. But banging. like, I liked it. I thought it worked. It I had spent so much of the time leading up to them actually kissing, screaming, "Please bang!" and yeah. thinking that they weren't going to. Yeah. I thought, and I thought it worked really well. I think they had a lot of chemistry. I was sure it was just going to be a queer baby. Oh, it's a horror movie, so like they're going to be like love. it's going to be like sexy and angry. But no, they're mm-hmm. like, and I think that it comes across really heavily that like Lizzie is gay. Mm-hmm. Like, she is a lesbian. Yeah. And maybe there's, like, with, with Charlotte, it's like, oh, maybe this is her first time exploring Well, Charlotte this. says she's never had sex with anyone before, so... Right. Yeah. We don't, I don't know whether I believe that I now. Do. But I do. Like, I think I do. she was telling really? the truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, when would she have had time? But Lizzie very clearly is like, this is what she wants. She's going for it. Their chemistry is very undeniable. I thought it was a good scene. It works. Uh, so they bang... Mm-hmm. They're horny for each other uh, because of the music and also because they're like 
they hot young women. I, who and they are like, idolize each other their entire They don't idolize each other. Specifically, um, Lizzie idolizes Charlotte. Well, Charlotte also introduces herself and is like, your music literally is the most wonderful thing in the world to me. I can't believe I'm talking to you. And then Lizzie is like, no, 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 no. Don't. Yeah. You don't have to say that to me. I love you. <laughs> but Allison Williams from Get Out, she's sinister, though. So, yeah, like, but you know what not... I mean? They, they come at it mutually. <laughs> sure. It's not like Lizzie's just like, I'm obsessed know. with you, and, and Charlotte's like, cool, sounds awesome. Like, they come in and they're like, we are fucking doing this. I think it's undeniable that they both, regardless of anything else, deeply appreciate each other's music. Yes. For sure. I think so, too. And that's supposed to be honest. So when they yeah. fucked, that's the end of Act 1, which is called... Mission. Mission. Yeah, I forgot the titles. Yes. Two is Detour, which opens with, um, they get up the next morning, um... They're hungover, because they're hungover as hell. They are on... Well, Charlotte doesn't do anything. Uh, Lizzie is on, like, a two-week vacation before she has to go back to do stuff, and she's like, Mm -hmm. I just want to, like, decompress, I want to unplug. Yeah. So So she's going to take a bus into rural China. Is she because she's going to backpack? Is that sort of what... I they guess were talking about? it's a crazy plan. Yeah, because she just gets on this very dirty like, like the she, other people there aren't on vacation. No, they're, they're like, like commuting, they're commuting somewhere. And she yeah. clearly hadn't like, pl- like planned for this. Bought tickets ahead of time. No, I think it's no. supposed to be. She's a very Type A personality. Like always stick to this cello, but now yeah. she's just gonna go wild and, and then like it doesn't go into work very well. China. Yeah. And she's like, come with me. And then, then Alice Williams is like, okay. I got nothing going on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mom just died. That's and literally I, all and I like, had going I on. Really like, I like you. Like, maybe we could have, like... A they're not, they're not gonna Chinese be, like, romance. Yeah, it's not, a, it's <laughs> not a relationship, but there's this suggestion that's like, why don't you come with me and we could, like, see where this goes and mm. continue just having, like, maybe a no-strings kind of yeah. It's like a before-sunset sort of thing where you meet each other and you just have a connection and you want to, like, run away just together. Run, yeah, just run. not go it. back to your real lives. You exactly. want to just take a minute. Promise and... you you're the only person to compare this movie to Before Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> and so then... But Lizzie, from, like, pretty much the moment she wakes up, she's hungover, and then um, Charlotte gets her some, like, big, scare quotes, ibuprofen... Which clearly isn't. We know that immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's taking it from like a, a pill bottle, mm-hmm. not like a like a prescription pill, like bottle. a prescription pill bottle, not like a thing of Advil, and gives her that plus some alcohol to be like hair of the dog, and then things just keep escalating. Where like Lizzie's, Lizzie's getting, getting sick, as worse fuck. and worse and worse, and like really, her head's on fire. She needs to throw up. Like her stomach is churning. They try to eat something. It's like doesn't work. They get on this bus. And on the bus, things start to go, like, very, very badly. Real south. Real south. She gets very sick. Yeah. Uh, details are not necessary. It's gross. It's real uh, gross. In a, in, like a, in a visceral, gross way, in, like, mm-hmm. a this person is extremely not okay way. Mm-hmm. They get thrown off the bus because she's throwing up all over it. Yeah. Um, and she like, makes them stop to let her shit at one point. Yeah. It's a yeah. Lot. And, but, and the the big, I think, moment for us as viewers is that she throws up. It's like yellow. It's very much like a bile thing. And then Charlotte's like, there's there are, bugs yeah, in Yeah, there's it. maggots in there's there. There's maggots in it. And that is the first kind of moment of like, oh, something. This isn't just like her being really hungover and like, making the wrong choice to get on a bus instead of going home and hydrating and stuff like that. Like she, there's something potentially like legit wrong with her. Mm -hmm. And then they get, they're thrown off the bus. They're walking along the side of the road. Lizzie is like scratching her arms and freaking out. And then she looks down and there's like 
things wriggling under her skin. There's bugs. To be honest, didn't watch this part. Oh, it's horrifying. I can't do it. I can't do bugs. You are, have mm-hmm. a bug problem. I got a bug problem. Basically, bugs are involved. I was telling the truth, though, when I said that there aren't that many bugs there in aren't this that movie. Many. No, <laughs> no. It really... It, the, the trailers play them up the more. The trailers yeah. play them up more. And I think the trailer was very good in how much it, like, miss... Led you misrepresented what the movie is really going to be about because this is what I remember most from the trailer is her looking down at her arm, seeing bugs sprouting out of her skin. She throws up again and there's bugs in her puke. And so she's freaking out, screaming at the top of her lungs, asking Charlotte to get them off of her. And Charlotte's like, oh, well, you know what you have to do, right? And she pulls out a meat cleaver. I think that's one of the biggest flaws of that trailer is that scene. Because I think, despite the prescription pill bottle, I would have been a lot more, maybe this isn't what I think it is, mm-hmm. if I had not seen that scene in the trailer. But I knew that it was coming the whole time. I agree. I also think it's one of the best parts of at least maybe like the first half of the movie. Maybe I the agree. whole movie, because I think that, that it is, it's it's Get Out. It's the mm-hmm. same moment of when it's she like has you the know keys I can't do that, right, in Get Out, yeah. where she's so good at being like, oh my god, oh my god, oh wait you're fine. And mm-hmm. like the like when she pulls out it's and especially cuz it's it's not a knife, it's not like a what it's, it's a like fucking a, butcher's it's a cleaver. It's a huge meat cleaver that she's been hiding in her scarf. So it has that mm-hmm. sort of almost like um ridiculousness to it that's so fun. But I like mean, I actually thought it was like more of my favorite. I think especially movie. because I think it's punctuated by the the first like truly weird part of this movie, which is that like that is a a button uh, that from yes. that point we then rewind. Yes. Yeah. And by that I, I mean we literally, literally rewind. Yeah. Rewind. Not my and favorite thing in the world. The the lack of clarity about what the fuck is happening in that five second rewind was everything to me in terms of like okay so is this I mean like what do you mean rewind is there a time loop mm-hmm. is she gonna yeah. go through is something else gonna happen like the answer is no it's just that we're now gonna see things from a different perspective which mm-hmm. is that. The, the pills are like a hallucinogen, mm-hmm. like yeah. something, some kind of antipsychotic that is like exacerbated by alcohol. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that she's been drugging her. This I, think, I do. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think in addition to not having the meat cleaver scene in the trailer, another step they could have taken to make the first act a lot more successful for me, the first watch through, is if they, if she'd had just a throwaway line instead instead of saying, do you want some ibuprofen? Saying, oh, I have some prescription pain meds left over. Like, do you want some, They should, like a, a migraine med or something. Yeah. Just some throwaway because it's so clearly not a regular ibuprofen bottle. Right. From the drop, you're like, she's drugging her. And even that Lizzie would know what Advil looks like, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, think yeah. to yourself... Those I pills do not look like Advil. This is unfortunately where the movie starts to fall apart for me. I think actually everything leading up to this point, I was pretty on board. Up until and, the rewind? Yes. And I thought, watching the trailer and this part, that there was something supernatural going on. Mm. Oh, um, yes. Because I was like, she's a witch. Because uh, there's also a bit with her that's and her... That's a dope interpretation. <laughs> that's a, that's, I mean, not to like go back to Supernatural, but that's what I'm used to when you start making bugs come out of things, mm. is like, that is witch behavior. Uh, and so when we do this, this is when it starts to be like, you can't control Friend other people's... What? Friend request. I was yes. trying to think of what it was. Yes, same kind of thing. She was, she was a witch. She was like a demon. She had power. She could make bugs appear out of things. Mm. Um... Sorry, another movie we did on the podcast a yeah, few months <laughs> ago. Don't watch it. But uh, this is when it was like, she. Th- we see some things. So then we in the rewind, now we're, we're starting again when they wake up in the morning after their little tryst. And you see that Alice Williams is like, 
planting things. She is planting the idea of bugs in her head. She's planting the idea of sickness in her head. Um, but they had seen somebody at the opera, or not the opera, mm-hmm. the cello performance the night before. Yes. I think they were on, on an opera house. It wasn't an opera house. Um, the night before, they'd seen a guy throw up yellow, and somebody had said something like, oh, I hope that's not that thing. Hunan fever. That's yeah, that, that, coming... that mysterious illness coming down from Hunan. That's like, did she bribe them? Or is that yeah. real that she like used that information? But they didn't get into that, and I was like, how is she in that level of control of this situation? I understand that she's planting things, but why? I think she's using it. I think she's just taking advantage I of that. I think she didn't know what she was going to do when she got there. I think, th- and this is a feeling that I did not have the first time I watched it through. This is because mm-hmm. I, I just had this thought today. Because I feel like going into it with the knowledge that I have now watching it, I you can see moments where she doesn't want it to get as far as it gets. And so she has these kind of like... She, she picks it up as she goes along. And I think mm. she even does that when she's on the bus. So I think she to a saw that guy throw she brought up the and was like, that's what I'm going to do. I think it's, I don't even think she saw him and then immediately thought that. I think mm. it's a like, she saw it and then she drew on it later when she decided what she was going to do. I don't think it was until she talked to um, Lizzie Moore that she decided she was even going to do this. Mm. And then once she made that decision, she was like, I can use that. Well, she went into it with the decision that she was going to get Lizzie out of cello playing no matter what right yes. it's she doesn't i, I don't know but i don't think she plan. went there counting on the fact that she was going to be able to seduce her no right like that no, doesn't no. seem like a... unless she had information which i don't think she did i don't think i don't even think she necessarily was fixated on lizzie when she went there i think she was fixated on anton helping yeah but yeah on, on on doing something well yeah and the i actually this is a really getting into it but the choice we can get into this later also when we talk more about the plot but the choice to do this to Lizzie specifically was very interesting to me because Lizzie has already grown up mm. and like, not that she's safe, but she, the thing that she was going to do is happening to other people. And it surprised me that she went specifically for Lizzie. And I would say that's part of my argument for she went there for Anton. Right. And then Lizzie was there and she and Lizzie had a connection. Right. And so we're getting she, ahead of it. We're sorry. getting too far yeah. ahead of it. Sorry, sorry, in sorry. That I don't know Oops. that this conversation is comprehensible to someone who doesn't. So. <laughs> but um, I will say at this point, I, I actually like now it's like, Oh, the seduction was part of her plan. That's what we think at this moment of the plot. And I don't, necessarily think that's true anymore mm-hmm. three weeks later boston chapter three home <laughs> did Lizzie we say shows Lizzie up. cut her hand off what did we say we that see her literally like just reach up no and... i'm saying did we say in in this podcast that we're recording right now yeah probably right no we didn't okay she, she cuts, cuts her, her hand, hand, hand off, off. <laughs> she pulls out the meat cleaver and she cuts her and lizzie cuts her hand off. like the... we just we got yeah. distracted and we forgot to say she cuts her hand she off. shows up at the back off academy um with a missing hand and she knows that Charlotte like did this to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was on. She was drugged, but she wasn't like. She still knew that she was with Charlotte on the bus. Yeah. Um, but Charlotte also left her there. Right. So she like woke up. She was like Charlotte was gone out of the country. She had a shitty tourniquet on. Yeah, she like her life was saved, but at what mm-hmm. cost? Paloma and Anton are like, cool. I'm so sorry. That's very sad. But you should leave now because you no longer play cello. And therefore, are not of use to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll pay for your apartment and everything, but you yeah, can't but, live here. Yeah. So where she does go... That makes Lizzie very mad. ...is to Minneapolis, where she breaks into Charlotte's house, tases her, drives her back to Boston in the trunk of her car, and now we're in like the final set piece of the movie, which is in the Bacoff. This makes it feel so short. 
when you're saying it's only like an hour this. and a half. It's, it's a, a very it's short, a very short movie, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is that like Lizzie and Charlotte and Anton and Paloma are in the academy and they're all it's it, Charlotte like wakes up after being brought here, um, presumably unconscious and bound and gagged. Mm-hmm. Um, She's all dirty and all dirty to Anton and is like Anton's like, oh, you're safe. She's not gonna like. She's here, but like she's not gonna hurt you. Um, but why did you do such a thing to her? Like, aren't were you really that jealous? Like, because that's what Lizzie said earlier. Is there like Lizzie? Why would she do this to you? And she's like, because she was jealous of me. I got to have this life that she didn't get to have. Mm-hmm. And then Anton's like, so is that really why you did it? And she's like, no, Anton. She gives an expository monologue, and it's this mm-hmm. point that I want to say that this is where the movie starts to fall apart for me, <laughs> which is that on a minute by minute basis, we're changing who our villain is, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was Charlotte, and then it's Lizzie for doing this, and then immediately it's Anton mm-hmm. because what Charlotte reveals in her, she talks very. She, they do a lot of talking around things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, is that she was trying to save Lizzie from Anton and from the the pull of the Academy. Um, and the... Again, the word abuse is used once in this movie. and But it, it is clear that that is what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the very least, at this point, emotional and psychological abuse of, like, mm-hmm. needing to be perfect. Yes. And Charlotte is like, I escaped this because my mother died, and who knows what would have happened if... Because my mother was sick. She oh, right, yes, because my mother was dying, uh, and who knows what would have happened if I had stayed in the system. I was trying to get her out of it, and I thought the only way I could do that would be to chop her hand off so she couldn't play cello for you anymore. Because, um, like, t- I guess the presumably like, talking to her or reasoning with her was not going to do anything. It's like, I had to literally take away your, like, and also make Ability. her, make her useless to Anton and Paloma. It mm-hmm. actually doesn't matter how Lizzie feels about playing the cello. If Lizzie came to them and was like, I'm going to get a prosthetic. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to keep playing cello. cello uh, they would still have kicked her out. Like, yeah. the point is, is that, like, it doesn't matter how Lizzie feels. It's how Anton and Paloma feel about her and wanting her in their lives. And they're, I mean, this is getting ahead of it but like and their relationship to her body not in a Mm. not in a sexual sense but also in a sexual sense which you're talking around a little bit yeah that's that is what this happens isn't it or is that later that's later that's once they're um down in the chapel uh because this is actually a fairly short monologue we're this movie is about the ownership of women's bodies Mm mm-hmm this pisses Anton off and he like drags her down to the chapel room which is where the best students are um, there's like a whole setup that I don't know that we need to explain mm. what his like grooming techniques are. Uh, but like Lizzie is like in on this and now this is where it gets like more specifically. I don't know why, like they have a conversation up there and they have a conversation downstairs and the conversation downstairs is where it gets really sinister that like it becomes clear that this is a sex cult mm. that yeah. like he, um, takes young women Probably all girl, like young girls. Oh, like yes, mm. I, that's what I, it looks like. There were different ages when you see them playing cello. There's like a, a variety. Yes, but they're all girls. We and don't see like boy. Cello I think there players. are boys. I think you do see boys because I was looking for it in the shot. Um, when I think Lizzie's there, when first Lizzie comes back, you see boys there, but it's like they could be, they could be day, day students. Students, the one yeah. that they choose. I think to it's be definitely meant to be there that is a girl. Yeah. yeah. Although, actually, we don't know that for sure, because it is absolutely said that Anton and then the other two guys, who I forget their names, yeah. um, 
Jeffrey and something. something. I wrote them down. I don't remember. Um, they all are meant to have gone through the same sort of thing. That's true. It is absolutely said that, that. that this is supposed to be something that they've been doing that because happened to them. Because this is Anton's grandfather's yes. anatomy. Yes. 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 Because his grandfather and presumably his father... And like it has been a that's a, a good line. point. That so like good the good three, point. they are meant to have gone through this. So it's not gender. Paloma, then. however, it's nebulous because I was watching specifically yeah. for that, and she says some of the things that they say, but and it's she's nebulous it. whether like, or not she was ever a student. To be frank, Charlotte I don't think Paloma's says, like, a very Paloma, well-rounded character. I don't no. know anything about Paloma. No, she just married. She's just Anton, there. And... I mean, none of them are. No, but I really <laughs> felt like Paloma. Like I don't know anything about her or what she wants or like what. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, it's it's, it's at unclear. Least know, at least we know with Anton, like he's a mustache-twirling villain, villain, but mm-hmm. he has he like he he wants to make perfect cello people. Like Paloma doesn't even really seem to care about that. Yeah. She's not even really actively doing anything. She just is standing around smirking. And whenever someone's like Paloma, how could you do this? She's like, Duh. I think probably their intention was to have her be a like. In the Handmaid's Tale, Serena yes character. Yes, I completely agree. She was supposed to be that woman who just watches things happen to other Tell women and doesn't exactly. do anything. I don't know who that is. She's the wife. Handmaid's Tale. She's Handmaid's the wife. Tale. Oh, yeah. She doesn't just watch things happen. She's also like a instigator. But that's what I mean. Like no. she's not now, especially not at the beginning in the actual book. She. It's exactly what happens. I read that book. She stands around and watches things happen to other women. Yes. And if a woman were to go to her and say like, "Hey," Doesn't this isn't this horrible that women are getting raped in front of you? She's like, well, for the greater good, we have to do it. Which do. is what Paloma does, because there is yes. a point at which Charlotte says to her, "Paloma, help, help me, you can happen. stop this." Yeah. And she says something like, "This, it's what's expected of us." Right. Which is when you have that nebulous moment of, "Were you a student, or are you just so indoctrinated that you don't care?" And you love Anton, presumably. Mm-hmm. The element of this is, I'm glad you pointed out that this isn't um, gender, and that it is a lineage that these men who are perpetrating this mm-hmm. have also gone mm-hmm. through. Because I didn't notice that, and that makes me think a little higher of the movie. Yeah. Because it makes me think that it's it's more fleshed out what it's trying to like. Specifically, the fact that like their whole thing is perfection is to get close to God. There is a a deep religious element to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it feel very cultish. I mean, like they're literally playing in a chapel. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That like. You have to play perfectly to get close to God, and if you're not, you're raped. Mm-hmm. Is like the way that this mm-hmm. and well, I system think operates. There's the one line that I wrote down that I found, uh, like uh, upsettingly amusing. If that's a mm-hmm. if that's a phrase I can use, and also like plays into what we're talking about here, is that there's a part where he's talking to Charlotte, and she accuses him of something, and he's like, "Well, Charlotte, I'm not some random pervert." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he didn't create this situation. There are rapists who create situations in which they can abuse people. Well, he is part of a lineage of abuse that he was abused and is now abusing, and like that is more interesting and upsetting than just him being like, ooh, I'm going to go work at a school with girls because I want to rape well, them. His a- explanation there is because... Um, whatever Zhang Li, whatever her name is, the mm. the young girl oh, yes. that they have recruited from Shanghai, who is now there, um, Charlotte has to play cello for them, and Anton says, if you fuck it up, then I'm going to... Uh, Zhang Li's going to have to pay the price, which is their euphemism. Um, and that's that's what he says like when he sends her away and is like, oh, I was never going to... I wasn't going to rape her. How Come could on. you ever think that even though I she told you have, I was going to do that? She hasn't earned her way to the chapel yet. How right. could I possibly... You don't get to get like, raped until you're good enough to Well, get it's raped. because it's supposed to be a very specific... Like, he is supposed to be a person who has... This has been his entire life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has gone through this abuse and he has been absolutely convinced. I mean, they say it brainwashed 
to believe that this is this important and that the only way to learn to be good enough to achieve the perfection, which they say way too often, (laughs) um, but that the only way to do that is to, if you are, if you fail to be punished and to be punished in this very specific way. And so that's why it's, he sees it that way and presumably only acts upon it that way in that it only happens if you fuck up and only if you fuck up in the chapel. You can fuck up anywhere else when we're teaching you and you can play perfectly in the chapel, presumably. But as soon as you don't, that's an affront to God and to all of this. That's how the system works. Right. Is that... it, it's about systems of power, right? Like, also, there is no perfect uh, musical performance, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the other thing that they don't talk about this movie at all. But, like, um, musical performance is not perfect. That isn't a thing that mm-hmm. right. means anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because robots that play computers, i.e. MIDI files, like, don't sound terribly appealing to mm-hmm. uh, it's the human, aspect human listeners, music. right? Because, like, that's it's not about Especially, hitting the notes. Especially, I think, with, with string instruments. I feel this way. Yes. I, I say this not having played one, but having played uh, the piano, which I do think, like, is such a different experience of just hitting keys that make noise, and that's what you do. Cello is so complicated to me because of the way that you move your bow mm-hmm. and the way that you mm-hmm. hold your finger and the way that you move your finger can change everything about the tone and, like... I don't understand how anyone could be like, this performance is perfect. And how, like, a child could play something, and to their mind, they're like, I played it perfectly, and their teacher can still go, oh, no, you didn't. That's I've my been, point. I've That's been listening point. to yeah. things for... That's the point the of system is set yeah. up. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. Which, it's set up to do that. It's set up for them to, to continue grooming and abusing right. them. Um, because they're not going to reach that perfection, right? right. Because think... if they were to, like, what are they? Like, something's going to happen. We, they don't talk about their mythology, mm-hmm. but like, then they will reach God, and like, they haven't done that because they're still doing their thing, right? right. Like... I think that's a fun <laughs> They'll be part raptured. of it, though. That, and this is a thought I had, particularly the second time watching it, is it's a very short movie, and there are parts of it that feel like they were put in for runtime. Like, I think the entire bus scene could have been shorter. A lot of things in it could have been shorter. Some of the rewinds just felt unnecessary and could have been handled better. And it would have been a much more successful movie if they had delved into things like that more explicitly. Mm Because it's all, it's very, we're just talking around things and we're Mm -hmm. not going to explicitly talk about the fact that this is what this situation is. But it feels very clear. Like, if you pause and think about it, it's like, Especially when you think about it being a system of abuse and this eternal thing that's going on. Absolutely. And if they yeah. like talked about it, it would have been very different. This is not just a random pervert who decided to do this. Right. Presumably, maybe his it's grandfather like was. Yeah. But it's it's become right. a systemic thing. The grandfather thing. created the problem. Yeah. It's also I think it's it's confusing, but it's purposely confusing mm. to allow the power to remain where it is. That like the idea of the rape being like it's a punishment, but also we need it. So it's like. That wasn't checking out to me as I was watching it, but it's like, oh no, they're just trying to confuse children. Mm. If you just tell them something and you're like, well, you need this, this is what you need to be good at cello, but it's also a punishment. So even even if you were perfect, I would still do it because you still need it. It's like, yeah, the logic doesn't play out. The logic doesn't have to check out because it's like, it's a abuse. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I think there's a fun moment that doesn't work at all, but they were clearly trying to work. Because the, the movie I kept comparing this to in my head when I was watching it, and then afterwards, is Suspiria. I have not seen the original. I have only Suspiria. seen the most recent one. It's very Suspiria. But Suspiria actually goes supernatural. Suspiria's a better movie. But Suspiria actually goes supernatural. And there's a moment when Charlotte is tied to the chair, and she, like, looks at the door um, in the basement, and there's, like, a light shining out I when they're talking too. about the punishment. And, like, it, they're clearly trying to be, like, maybe something super... And it's like, no. 
No. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't for a minute. From the minute they have, from the minute All she starts the, talking like, honestly with Anton. They keep flashing to teenager her, like, running around outside, and I didn't, like... I was that's, was. that's pure symbolism. That's a thing that I am very settled on. It's, it's like the final shot, which is one of, I, like, I love to pieces. It's... We'll get there, yeah. It's, yeah. it's pure... Simple, like it doesn't make sense in our reality. In, okay. Like it's not a real it's thing just that her happened. being free, her having like freedom yeah. and uh, being able to run around and because like where sun. where was she run? No, it's not she was because she didn't run when she left. No, None of yeah. that is a thing that happened. No. It's just a pure her remembering something from her childhood that never happened. Which on that topic, because it made me think of it, one of my favorite things about Charlotte that again I think they could have done better, but I noticed it more the second watch is she is. Very, very, very unstable. Mm-hmm. Even at this point. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because the things the she time, does she's are nonsense. Unstable person. For we understand why she's been abused her entire. And childhood. you see it when they have their final like showdown. Yeah. Um, I'm jumping ahead, but like you see it a little bit then in the way that it's filmed. But it's it's important to have that understanding of her. Of it's not like a she got better. She's still incredibly unstable well, specifically, throughout the entire she day. She suffered of the movie. whatever it was, probably a decade or what it probably not a decade, but mm-hmm. uh, six to eight years of sexual abuse in this cello academy. Mm-hmm. And then she was in like mental institutions where she was subjected to electroshock therapy, mm-hmm. which I know. Very that recently. That's members, like that has to be. That's recent. a thing that happened when she because her hair. Exactly. That's like like less than a year ago. So like clearly mm-hmm. she has not been um functioning as an adult. Ever. But Ever. I also, I imagine, um, she mentions this at one point when she talks about going into mental um, institutions, that sh- they helped her through some of that. So I think she probably wasn't even processing her abuse until she went into that. I don't think she left at 18 being like, ooh, I'm so glad to be free of that place. Like, she didn't leave. She left for her mom. Mm-hmm. She left at 14. Then, was it really 14? Yes. Yeah. Because you see them passing each other on the stairs, right. 9 and 14. Uh, so when she was 14, she left... And then it was like, she probably lived with that for a long time. And then she clearly was very isolated, taking care of her mom. Yep. And mm-hmm. there's all that. I don't think she was, I think it was actually the, like, probably the therapy she had in the institution that was that for her. That was like someone being like, you have, you are exhibiting these abuse symptoms. Can you go through this? Because she's clearly, she is functioning in some kind of way. It's just mm. that she's like, now I need vengeance. We should get through the plot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. So, um... There's not much left. No, but we let's get through it, and then I think there's a few thematic things that are worth talking about. She plays the thing, and she doesn't do it perfectly, because as we discussed, that was never going to happen. I didn't even hear her mistake. And so, like, she's, like, You wouldn't up... notice it without the, like, camera shaking right. and stuff. <laughs> it is the wildest stage picture, because she's, like, got this light behind her, like, she's the Madonna, mm-hmm. and she's, like, in a like a ball gown. Yeah, they like, like strung up by her, her arms, hair and, and like her makeup she was all stuff. dirty and gross. I'm like, how did you not notice did she was they... wearing a wig when you curled her hair? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Oh my God. You That's washed so her true. face and curled her hair and put <laughs> lipstick on her and you didn't notice the wig. No. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, and she's like chained to this chair. Uh, and like they're the two men, the teacher men that aren't important. Mm-hmm. And names down. Uh, Lizzie are going to rape her. They're going to mm. rape her before Anton rapes her. And so Lizzie goes up to... Oh, that's one of those lines uh, that fucks me up. Come get me when she stops biting. When she stops yeah. biting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like he knows what she does to like... Because he's been cause there. Because he's yeah. done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lizzie's going to fuck her with her stump. 
Um, but before <laughs> so horrifying. Such a blunt way to say I it, but it's exactly it. what happens. It was so horrible. Uh, I mean, I almost said fist, but like it's, it's not a fist. It's not a fist. No, it's. I mean, it's not as big as a fist. Yeah, yeah. She acts like it's gonna be really horribly painful, and I, I was like, I guess it'd be fine. people be, nowadays be, get well. It'd be. This is not the conversation. Yet. <laughs> no. Uh, so the men die. The killer are dead, and then uh, Lizzie and. Charlotte make out, and we get another rewind, which is all the way back. We love and, rewinds. Uh, mm-hmm. We find out that... I do love them kissing, though. I'm like, oh, They're so cute. They were in on it together all the time. Uh, I just want happy gays. Me too. We'll talk about this fourth act in a second, because <laughs> I uh, understand that reaction, but also I think it's where this movie really loses itself in tone. Um, <laughs> is because it's counting on you to be like, yes, and then... They did it. Yeah. So when... <laughs> they killed some people. <laughs> when Lizzie goes to Minnesota... They, like, have a conversation where Charlotte gives her speech about, like, I needed you to not do this. And Lizzie's like, you're right. And you told me when I was drugged, and it took me a while to remember, but you were right. I don't think she said it took me a while to remember. She doesn't say it took me a while to remember. She says she needed time to, like, think about okay. it. Well, I know, and she she did not believe her. She believed that Anton and Paloma would still be would there for her. her. It was yeah. not until she went to Anton and Paloma and they chucked her out. Although... They were still gonna pay for her apartment, but whatever. Yeah, there was. They put a lot of emphasis on like, I want to stay here. If they're still paying for your apartment, they are still gonna be like your parents, essentially. But like, she wanted to live there, and I think she actually made a very good point. We skipped over this when she was talking about um, when she was talking to Anton and Paloma about staying there. But she specifically says like, if you accept me, then the music world will Mm -hmm. accept me. And I think that's like, if they had been like, okay, we're gonna let you live at the house. Um, we're going to get you all the medical care that you need. We're going to figure this out. Potentially, she could have been, like, the most impressive cellist ever because she could take her knowledge and, like, the way that, like, there are people who are great runners and then they lose a limb and they keep training and they become really good runners again. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, my God, they're doing everything they used to do but with a prosthetic. If she could do that, because it's her bow arm. It's it not her, her arm. fingering arm. It's also not her arm. It's just her hand. It's just her hand. Mm-hmm. So, like, she potentially actually could do something, but she was probably right about, like, if she gets cast out by the Bakoff Academy, people will be like, well, she's done. And yeah. even if she tried to come back into the world and do something, she's lost her, like, backers, basically. And I think emotionally, a big part of it is supposed to be they talk at various points about this being their home and family. They're right. kids who got there. I mean, she got there at the age of nine. Right. And she's now in and her mid-20s. she mid-20s. never talks about her parents. Like, if, they're her yeah, parents. They are her parents. And so it's like, if you think of, if you lost a hand or had anything horribly traumatic and, like, fucked up happen to your body like that, and you went home to your parents and they said, oh, well, we'll get you an apartment and pay for that. And not, no, please come here. We'll help yeah. you. We'll take, take care of you. That's, That's a, very true. That, so, like, it's supposed to be that alone was enough for her to be like, you are not, you do not care about me the way that I thought you did. And doing exactly what Charlotte had said, which is they're not going to be there mm-hmm. for you, but when you come for me, I will be there for you and I will help you, mm-hmm. which is then exactly what Which happens. is what they do, which leads us into chapter four, which is called Duet, and uh, only consists of um, Allison Williams and uh, whatever name is Logan, Logan Browning, Browning uh, just doing their best like mean mug like we're gonna kick your ass <laughs> thing murder yeah mm-hmm. as they like kill Paloma and then like the two big... nameless guys yeah well they die from the poison um, well, but Logan Browning poisons them. Yeah, but that's not like yeah. A, they also yeah. don't. I, they actually we didn't rewind to that, which I thought was actually a nice moment of trusting us as an audience. Is mm. that I remembered that she poured their drinks. Yeah. So when they fell over, I was. They didn't have to. Sh- they didn't have to show me a shot of her like 
uncorking a poison mm-hmm. bottle and pouring it. I was like, oh, I get it. She poisoned them. I saw her pour the drinks. I get it. Yeah. Which and I always appreciate. Big fight scene with Anton. Um, he's pretty scrappy for he's, a cello teacher. He's pretty scrappy. Um, they do a crazy thing with the camera, which is that they mount a camera to Allison Williams's like shoulder. She's got a GoPro. Um, yeah. And like we see her face during the fight scene as she kind of like she kind of freezes up. She, like, disassociates. Yeah. yeah. And, like, can't really participate for part of it. Like, she can't really, like, right. get her catharsis mm-hmm. um, because she's, like, very freaked out. And, like, yeah, dissociating is, is definitely what it is. Yeah. Because we, we hear screaming. And when we go back to Anton and Lizzie, they're both very bloody. Things were very much happening while uh, Charlotte was in this space. And then we come back to her for Anton to, like... The, it's yeah, only keep... it's only when Lizzie is shouting like the knife, Charlotte, the knife, get the knife that she is able to like come back to herself and look and try to get the knife from Anton. That's actually I really appreciate how they did that because it is easy the rest of the time to just see them as like vengeance monsters. Yes. Like she just had this great plan and came to do her vengeance. Yeah. And then that's a moment where you see like, no, she's just like real fucked up. She is. And she like didn't necessarily even intend to do this in the first place. If yeah. if things had not happened with Lizzie and Lizzie hadn't been slightly more stable and saying we need to go and get our vengeance um she maybe would have never gone back to that right and she because she can't handle it because she's really it not not doing well i i i want to agree with you but i don't know if i agree and maybe i'm just thinking to the last mm. very bit but i think that there's a there is a I think sometimes it comes across like she's planned nothing and sometimes it comes across that she's planned everything mm. and i like it more that she's flying by the skin of her teeth and adapting and trying to figure out what to do. And that if Lizzie had been like, Hey, can we just like leave run away together? But then I guess they would have, they would have, they wouldn't have done that ever because they would have always come back to save the girls. Mm. Like regardless of whether they wanted Anton and Paloma dead, they want Zhang Li to be okay. Yes. Presumably. And any, and anyone else that they might've continued. I mean, like mm-hmm. who's to say Zhang Li wouldn't have grown up and become a teacher there and continued that. Like we don't know that's that is what they want. That's what Anton wants. So like they would always have to go back and stop it in some way, whether or not it was a murder way is the question. I think they don't murder him, by the way. They don't. But yeah, I did also true. I did write down um, at one point that I was like, it seems like there are some other options besides well, this murder of everyone in the house. That's the thing I find really interesting because like Charlotte at the point that she's at the house waiting for Lizzie to come back to her after Lizzie goes and realizes yeah. that Anton yeah that part I think that Charlotte from that point on is following Lizzie like she know like I think because yeah. I don't think she's very much of like a go getter mm-hmm. I think and that's why I I do have this perception of her as she went to Shanghai without much of an idea other than I need to help and that's why her helping was wild yeah, yeah. Um, is because she made it up as she went and because she is pretty unstable and doesn't really know how to help someone properly. Do you think there's a moment where Charlotte didn't know before she came that this was happening to other people and it's only when she saw the music note on Maybe. That's Lizzie's possible. back that she was like, oh, I don't she think so. got... Because, uh... No, no, she saw the music note before she went there. She said that. She saw the music note in a magazine. Oh. She saw... Because she talks to Lizzie about it. She's like, I saw the pictures of you in the magazine. And she says to right. Anton, I saw the, these pictures of her in a magazine, and I saw the music note, and I, know, I knew what it meant. Right. So but I think she did was... not know until then, which until was probably the, was the part of her trauma, her back, yeah. Yeah. is when she was, like, in these mental institutions and trying to deal with... Whatever. Anyway, 
At climax, the end, uh, he stabs her through her arm. He stabs her through her arm. Um, like, real bad. Like, it's very gory. clearly it's messes upsetting. up a lot of her. Like, from elbow to wrist. Arteries yes. and slices her. She's not going to use that arm again. But she survives. Um, he survives. They cut off all his limbs and sew his eyes and mouth shut and make him listen to them play cello together because um, Charlotte has a right arm and Lizzie has a left arm. And so they can play a single cello they together. They make one okay. cello player. There is no universe in which that happened in the in real life. For me, hmm. that I mean, did no not shit. happen. No, no shit. And, but I, I no, but I'm like I'm saying I don't think the movie is trying to say that it did. I think this movie is like pulpy trash, and I don't think that like I think specifically what it does in this like third and fourth act just like totally careens off course of reality. So I don't think that's any less real than the weird sex cult. Honestly. Sure. It's just goofy. I think it happens. No, I, I think, think it happens in the movie. I love that final scene. I love it to pieces. I don't think it happened in reality, and I don't think they're trying to posit that it did. Personally. I want you two to sell me on... Me? Uh, <laughs> Why me? I'm not general, involved. I am very... Someone. I am very... Uh, yeah, just someone. I don't care. Uh, I am not thrilled about the amputation as punishment thing. I don't really know... <laughs> What that's doing thematically, um, I agree because actually well, it reminded me of Tusk one it, to go it, back it to, me of Tusk, to which go is back gross, to another right. right it just feels is, extremely alien and gross. But that's something in that movie that's done that is like that person who did that is a horrifying person. Yes, like he is the villain from start to finish. There's no wiggle room there. Um, and not that I think, I mean... Like a prolific serial killer too. Like yes, he does it to many many people. But not that, and I, I'm not trying to say that that shouldn't happen in this because I don't think we're supposed to be like, oh, wow, way to go, Lizzie and Charlotte. They're doing the no, most no, no, moral no. thing that makes the most sense. But I will say that it would make more sense if he had chopped off their arms. Like, yeah. I uh, I understand reciprocal revenge more than I understand we're just going to chop off your arms and, and legs. legs and... And dick. And so you're... Oh, did they? He definitely has stuff. I didn't there. notice, but 100%. I believe you. That feels reciprocal. That feels that like sense. they say at one point we're going to cut off your nuts and sell them on the internet or something like I that. think it's... I, I, I don't know what the value of that is because I find it offensive. Uh, I don't find out what the value of it is other like more than killing him other than it's a fucking wacky thing to do. And also, the, I mean, this is also unrelated, but, like, why do they sew his eyes shut? Because why would they want him to see them in their well, weird twin cellist glory? All that he cares about <laughs> is, is hearing it. Is this is this perfection, is hearing the perfect song, which is nonsense. Yeah. And so yeah. that's kind of their way of being like, this is all you care about? Sure, it's all you get. Um, and again, I feel very strongly that that scene did not happen in reality. I think the movie does have an issue with the whole idea of like chopping off someone's limbs being a way to save them from yeah. from yeah. their brain washed abuse. I think it could have handled that a lot better because personally, and this is a lot of this is how I choose to interpret it, I think that Charlotte was just very, very unstable and yeah. did not know a good way to right. actually help Lizzie get out of it. It's this. not supposed and this to is where feel she like went. good decisions are made by people in this movie. Like everybody's making terrible decisions. Mm -hmm. right? Sure. Like Well and like it, that last scene can't exist in reality because where did they get the medical the care? Medical, yeah. Neither of them know shit about... It's nonsense. Yeah. And, like, we know for a fact that multiple other people live in this house. Yes. They have other live-in students. Zhang Li, where was she? Yeah. I mean, I right. would kind of say everything from 
And maybe, because this, you kind of said this too, but I like it about this movie. Everything from the time that um, Lizzie shows up with Charlotte in the trunk of her car yeah. feels like, outside of reality. Yeah. yeah, but I, I appreciate that about this because it's like the first half of the movie feels fantastical in the sense that you feel you keep thinking maybe there's something supernatural going yeah. on here with all these bugs and shit. And then the second half feels fantastical, but in a different way. And it's like, it is... Revenge porn fantasy. I mean, it is like, like this is where I actually it comes up a lot into Suspiria for me because I feel that way about Suspiria, which mm-hmm. is that like it just it's so wacky. So much happens yeah. that you're just like this, but actually both both the original and the remake. There's like a point where it's like, what is happening in reality anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, what are what are the real people who live in Italy doing right now? Yeah, I think that the the movie takes place in Germany. Um, Germany? Yes. Oh my god, I don't know anything about it's it. It's fine. Is there something Italian going on? It's an Italian film. Oh, that's why. There you go. Well, I, I, I knew Italian was a part of it. <laughs> Nothing could matter less. I just, I had, I couldn't let it go. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for fact-checking me. I think that I'm fine with that in this movie compared to something like Suspiria, because I don't disagree about Suspiria, but that's a whole, that's a Jalo conversation. Uh, <laughs> this is trying to be like a Brian De Palma-esque, like, erotic thriller, and I think that mm, that means it's... nothing to me. Me too. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know anything about. I'm Brian talking Obama. to someone out there. I hope you're listening, whoever you are. <laughs> Who loves um, Brian Obama erotic? It, wa- it wants to be that. It's not. It doesn't have a ton of. It has a split diopter at one point, but it's not like super leaning into the aesthetics of that. Um, again, you're out there. And one, uh, not the other for me. No one in this room except for you. It's <laughs> fine. Um, but I think that like it needed to lean more into that pulp elements of it because I think that's what worked best. The mm. the stuff that was like more grounded, a lot of the setup. I think in retrospect, I liked I liked it when watching the movie. In retrospect, I needed this movie to be wackier because mm. frankly, my takeaway is this movie's too twisty, too many twists, and I think that's because I think that. <laughs> Too much I'm of just it is that to the too many cooks. <laughs> too many twists. I think that too, too much of it is straightforward, twists. right? And if I had, if I hadn't gotten expecting something as straightforward as I had, I might not have the problem with the too many twists. Mm-hmm. I want this to be even more wacky than or, it is. Oh, and I also, to do, I also think that it's like an issues movie, right? This is like a movie about like me too, right? It is a little bit. Yeah. I think that's what I also. And want I think to there's a way to handle from. this same content without it feeling like yeah, women, because it definitely has that moment, and like, it feels bad. very silly to me. Huh. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And I, I looked at this. This is one of the few things I know about this is that, yeah, the director's a dude. And I know that the writers are mostly dudes. I think there is a woman. Yeah. And that's a thing that I specifically looked at because it feels like that. Yes. It, yes. Feels like, it feels like it's going for this. And there are parts of it that I deeply appreciate. But it, it like... It's not a woman's experience. It doesn't... Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it, is, it is a man being like, oh, yeah, women want to, like cut off the balls of their rapist, right? And their like, arms and legs and, and, and so their eyes and mouth And then play cello for them like they always wanted. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, sure. You're doing the thing that they... Although, ooh, this is the thing that I noticed this time that was such a, like, eh. Um, they're both wearing jumpsuits, not dresses. They in are. In that last scene. And I, I did not that notice too. that the first time I saw it. And I was like, because then they can't get it. You're junk. Yeah. They can't just, like, lift up your dress and rape you. Uh-huh. I did not notice And that. also, it's more of, like, I think that a jumpsuit is the perfect thing to wear when playing the cello. I think, I yeah, think what people, do you do when people mm-hmm. wear big ball gowns and play cellos, I'm like, are you having fun over there? Where with does your... the ball gown go? Yeah. You're your... definitely sweating. Please wear pants to play the cello. <laughs> I mean, every, out there, cello players, you can do whatever you want. Wear a dress Case you want But, like, <laughs> a jumpsuit feels like the perfect cello playing mm-hmm. outfit to me. But I definitely, because they were both wearing them, mm-hmm. I was like... 
I see what yeah. I, see, I see what you're doing. Because the okay, ball thing she's wearing before was very like just haul her up and get in there. Horrifying. The one thing I do want to say on uh, the topic of this feeling like it's directed by a dude, because I 100% agree, mm. is that I did read that Allison Williams and Logan Browning had final cut on their sex scene. Like, they mm. were, like, uh, they had to approve the edit before, like, this movie proceeded. Uh, and then it was an extremely close set, which does not happen often enough in things like this. I did know and that. And then both of them were very, like, this was, like, the best I've ever seen this handled in my experiences. With, yeah. like, it was, it was very erotic and it was very sexual, but it wasn't pervy. Mm. And it wasn't, like, there it's was... not very pervy. There wasn't a lot of focus on either of their boobs. It was, like, they're not wearing bras because you wouldn't during this sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not, like, it's heavily focused on them... It's, it's focused on Alice Williams' pleasure, you know, in a very, like, non-male gazy kind of way. And the anticipation of rape later is extremely non-exploitative, I, I think. It's like, no. there's a there's an element to it that's like, this is a little too, like, like I said, stage picture yeah. Like, it feels a little too, like, it's leading into, like, kink the way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, again, we don't see anything and nothing happens. It it's the anticipation. More. And I was going to yeah. say earlier that I think it's really interesting because there's a point where I was like, are, is he raping her? Because you see him, uh, like naked yeah. in in the flashbacks when he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct your mistake now. Time to pay the price." Where I was like, uh, uh, "Is that what he's doing? Like, what are we doing here? Or is it some kind of other cult?" It is weirdly thing? unclear. But mm-hmm. you know what? I'd rather have that and have it get clarified later than seeing it. Yeah, I agree. Like, get, I you agree. know, if I have to choose between one of the two, I'd rather be confused until later on when Charlotte said, guess what, Lizzie, it was rape. Especially because this is the sexual abuse of children. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. I don't want to see that. They tiptoe around too many things in this movie. That is not one of them. No, I Agreed. fully agree. Agreed. And they, I mean, they don't even really show Charlotte get raped, uh, yeah, get raped either. Like, mm-hmm. it is yeah. about to happen. I think if it had happened, if, like, the movie had gone differently and Lizzie wasn't on her side, that would have been pretty fucked up. Mm. But it didn't happen. And instead we got them venging themselves on rapists, which mm-hmm. is, you know, like for all the issues that I have with parts of this movie, that as a thesis statement is not bad. Mm-mm. Right? Like rape yeah. revenge films have the, are on the right side of history, at least. Like, like teeth. Yeah. And any kind of things like that. I mean, yeah. Wes so. Craven's Last House on the Left. Uh, we'll revisit that in a second. Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert for um, a certain segment we do at the end of this podcast. Is there anything else you want to talk about about this movie? Because I have a couple things. No, I feel like you're making me like it more, Catherine. Mm. Um, But I think that at the end of the day, I... And this is... I think I said this a lot on the podcast of, like, just what I like Mm -hmm. is that I want more clarity. I don't... If you're going to have a thing for me at the end that's like this didn't really, like, some kind of fantasy scene where they play a cello together and they've cut off his legs. Like, I need to see something that is real. Um, And like you said, Evan, um, I think if I wanted it to be like, nothing is real, then nothing is real. And we live in a parallel universe where things Mm. just happen. Uh, Again, I think that's just, that's my preference. I like, I'm trying to think of scenes where, like, where that happens because I thought it was going to cut to them being in, like, prison. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And being like, I don't know, their prison orchestra or something performing for their prisoners, like the end of the producers. Um, but that would be the wackiest shit. <laughs> I'll make that movie. Uh I but I think that just for me, we can't live in reality for a time period and then divert so quickly because my literalist mind will be like, No, that really happened. They all they had this plan from the beginning. They trained um in like EMT 
uh, <laughs> crisis uh, <laughs> training before they did this so that they could sew up his arms and legs and also Allison Williams' arm Mm-hmm. And have them be able to play the cello and and practice to play the cello yeah. together simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Like I totally agree with you saying that it couldn't have happened because there's no it way that no none sense. of that happened. Mm-hmm. But I have no choice to believe that it didn't happen because the movie gives me no reason to think it didn't happen beyond that that's impossible. And a lot of impossible things happen in movies. So like I I personally can't take that leap. So I think the best argument I can make for them, and this is not what I think they were going for. (laughs) This is a thing that I bring into it is, which I'll touch on that later, but (laughs) I think you could argue that nothing outside of the rewinds is properly happening in reality. Everything feels a little disoriented. Mm. Like, you see, in the not rewind, you see the bugs. And you see, like, you have the weird cello sex scene. That's all not in a rewind. A lot of these things that happen that feel fucking weird are not in the rewinds. And so that Again, I don't think if this is what they were going for, I don't think they were fully successful. Mm-hmm. But that is an argument I could make for it, is it feels very outside of reality, except for in those moments where you see explicitly what happened. Right. But going off of that, either one of, or probably honestly, my favorite thing about this movie is that it is entirely based upon what you bring into it. It's like Allison Williams saying they knew that people were going to view her this way because mm-hmm. she was in Get Out. Mm-hmm. It is explicitly playing on your expectations. And this is not a thing that, again, I realized when I first saw it because it was playing on my expectations. Mm -hmm. But then thinking about it again, it's like, you look at Alice Williams and in those first scenes, she doesn't look like a villain. You you think she is because they're playing the music to make you think she's a villain and because you know you're watching a horror movie. Right. And maybe you've seen the trailer. And maybe you've seen the trailer so you know she's going to have the meat cleaver. Right. But... When you watch it back, you're like, nah, she just looks like she's really into her and she's worried about her. Right. Yeah. And so, and like, there was moments of that when I was watching the first time mm-hmm. where I was like, did she plan this? Why does she look so scared? Yeah. yeah, she looks like... Is she a good actor or is this not what I think it is? Yeah, like when uh, Lizzie starts banging her head on the window in the right. bus, she looks terrified. She's horrified. She's like, no, 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 no. This is not what I want. No. And I think kind of the whole part of it, like everything about it, it's just it's playing on your expectations. It knows that you're bringing certain things into this movie and it's gonna fuck with you. Mm -hmm. And that's why it it can make you think it's a single white female movie, it's a Mm -hmm. bug movie, it's a weird Suspiria ripoff where, yeah, she's a witch or there's some sort of monster and then it's finally like, no, it's a weird sex cult. And it's possible that they want you to just play off, like that if we're coming into this going, they were raped as children, it ends with them killing and maiming their rapists that's it. Don't read a single more moment into that. That is what we're supposed to feel is just, like, a victory over rapists. And that's not wrong. It's just that, like, it but assumes that you're you, not going to If I had known that going in, it. I might not have been so inclined to watch this movie. Because I, I personally don't need to see child sexual abuse revenge movies in horror movies mm-hmm. that much. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of movies out there. I say this with a lot of media. There's a lot out there. I don't begrudge anyone not watching anything. Like... You know, you gotta make choices. Mm-hmm. I don't super want to watch rape revenge movies. I'm not a big fan of them. Mm. Um, I think that 90% of them are very exploitative. I don't think this is what it is. This but... isn't, but that's actually like, but if like, you want to watch a non-exploitative But knowing that going in, but n- going in would probably have shied me away from this. Sure. And I think that it did yeah. a good job of keeping the sex cult thing out of it because I think that it works in this movie for what this movie is doing, uh, as bonkers as it is. Um, but that is not how you want to sell this at all. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's not like, 
why you sit down to watch this movie like I can't wait to see Rave Revenge films. Yeah. It's you know, also like, it, the greatest actual success. Probably not the thing I like the most about it, but the, the greatest actual success of this movie is the twists. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. it's it's. I think I initially texted you. You should watch this movie when I was like halfway through. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Because that's fun and parts of it are very guessable but it keeps you twisting very well mm-hmm. yeah. and i had no idea where it was going for exactly. a long portion of it so that's that's fun especially for people who watch a lot of movies which all of us do yeah. it's yeah. fun to actually watch something and be like okay. at the end of it be like what the fuck did i just see yeah, yeah. it's fun i mean as fun as a movie like this can be it is fun yeah. as fun as a movie about Children a, growing a up yeah. who who were yeah. molested as children, or raped as children growing up and getting revenge mm-hmm. can be. The only other one thing I want to say is that um, I have played cello for most of my life. Mm-hmm. I, um, mm-hmm. I would not call myself a cellist because I don't play cello right now and mm-hmm. also, you know, whatever. Uh, I thought the cello playing in this was quite good and better than almost everything that I ever see where people are playing instruments, mm. specifically string instruments, which I know well, because all of their fingerings were right. And, oh. or maybe not right, uh, I don't want to have a fight about this, but um, <laughs> accurate enough that I, as a person who knows cello and yeah. knows cheap music, uh, was very impressed by. I'm glad to hear that, because that mm. is always something I think about. I think whenever anybody plays piano in anything, yeah. if they show me just the hands out of the face, I'm like, those ain't your hands. Uh, and I will never forget in my, in my entire life watching Taron Egerton pretend to play guitar with his hand clamped firmly on the neck of the guitar, just strumming, not trying to do any kind of finger. What are you talking about? It's called Stuck in the Suburbs and Taron Egerton, no, no, sorry. Okay. Not Taron Egerton, Taron Killam from okay. SNL playing the guitar. Uh, so he plays the piano at Rocketman. And he's very good at it. Uh, but... They both learned how to play. That's this. amazing. They, they? They've said that in an interview. Yeah. I've watched very cool. few interviews. It absolutely shows. That's it good. really, it does. really does. That's good. I was, um, again, sometimes they hire musicians to play roles in movies to do this. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's not better than someone who actually, like, has uh, bow pressure technique and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. I thought it was very, very good as someone who knows, like, what that should look like. That's good yeah. to hear. That's good to hear. I had one last thought that I realized I forgot to say. I, say I know we've been talking for a long time. Yeah. But I think... Another one of the things that I really like about this is um, movies like Black Swan or that drumming one. Whiplash. Whiplash. I did write down Black Swan um, as an it's for this it's movie. very it Black Swan especially because it gets into like supernatural what the fuck is going on yeah. moments. Um, whereas Whiplash doesn't have that. But one of the things that I dislike especially about Whiplash is I wasn't a fan of Whiplash. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I didn't love about that is particularly. Finding any sort of value in the thing that that teacher did to that student. Mm. Which absolutely, all of those things, you could say, you got to this moment of beauty. And that's the thing that I really appreciated about this is them being like, fuck that moment of beauty. Yeah. That's, like, if this is, if you have to abuse children, sexually or otherwise, to get get to this moment of beauty, if you have to abuse a person, it's like that idea of like, great art coming out of depression or coming out of any sort of trauma, of any sort of pain. Fuck that. I want the people to not be in pain more than I want this moment of beauty. And that's also been proved that that is a fallacy, that um, actually, like, Vincent van Gogh painted beautiful... uh, When he was medicated. When he was medicated and living in an institution, and that, like, 
everything we could say. I mean, people always cite Bukowski also, who is a hack. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We'd all be fine if Charles Bukowski did nothing <laughs> in his whole entire life. And so, like, that's not real. And I think that, like, that is that is a very important thing to highlight is that, like, it doesn't matter if they ever played the cello perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. it came out of something horrifying. And that's an aspect of this movie, unquestionably, yeah, is them is. That, this idea true. that this pain and this thing is going to get them closer to that closer to God, to God. whatever. Yeah. Like, you can say it's heavy-handed and it's sloppy, because it is. It's a messy movie. But that is a thing that they were unquestionably addressing, yeah. it which, doesn't play per- around for with me, that. Yeah. I really liked. Because you have that in, in Black Swan and Whiplash and any other sort of movie like this, it has yeah. that moment of being like, well, but was it worth it because you achieved this thing? She was perfect. Yeah. Black Swan's interesting because I feel like it comes actually, that's like a parental abuse thing. Well, and part of it, especially in Black Swan... It's parental abuse, and she feels more active in it in Black yes. Swan to me yeah. than in Whiplash or in this. Right, and that's um, just, that's also potentially just. I don't think that I don't think of the jazz music world or the orchestra world being inherently bad. I think Black Swan was also trying to point out mm-hmm. things that are inherent in the ballet community for sure. And I can't speak deeply to that, but I was in ballet when I was younger, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's a lot of. Uh, white-focused, like, thin-focused intensity in ballet, that like, the, the pain of what you put your feet through, that's, like, mm-hmm. you can't walk yeah. normally ever again. Like, that is a, that's a separate issue of, like, that movie was, I think, doing something different with what this, it, that what this art is in general, right? I think probably a big thing that this movie was trying to do is make a reference to the U.S. Olympian. Uh, gymnastics team. Oh, that's totally true. And and that because Olympics is Damn, a big thing yeah, that you point yeah, out yes. as being like this strive per, for perfection yeah. to the extent of ignoring child abuse. Yeah. And Absolutely. again, messy movie, but that is the sort of stuff that I think it was trying to draw on is saying we put this idea of the perfection above like safety, people's well being. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciated it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Hmm. Are you ready to pay the price to get closer to God? No. <laughs> no. I'm not. Ew. <laughs> Terrible. Ew. No. So uh, we'll be running the roulette, back to the roulette, for our next episode. Hopefully it gives us something as good as Poltergeist. <laughs> I don't think that's it's going to happen, but we'll see. Ready? Are you ready to spin it? I am ready to spin it. <laughs> our next movie will be... Oh, shit! The Uninvited. This is the one that Jessica wants to guest on. Oh. I guess we're gonna have two hey, guests Andy. in a row. Yes, back to back guests. Back to back guests. Uh, the Uninvited. I have loved this movie since I was very young. It is probably very dumb. I say very young. It's probably from like two thousand five. Uh, I love this movie. It is so much fun to me. It has um, Elizabeth Browning in it. It has Elizabeth Binks in it. I didn't realize they had the same name until just now. Hmm. Uh, it's super fun. I love it. Can't wait to do it. Hope it's still on Netflix. I'm gonna check right also, now. Also, if you combine Logan Browning's name in the movie. With her, in her real life name, <laughs> which that is a thought because I kept getting their last names mixed up. Yeah. And I kept thinking it was Charlotte Wells because that's Jessica Brown Finlay's character in Harlots. Oh, my God. Is, Elizabeth, oh. is uh, Charlotte Wells. It <laughs> and all I kept comes being... back together. Yeah. Please be still on Netflix. Please be still on Netflix. It just came back on, so it should still be there. Yes. Ha <laughs> right. ha. I'm so excited. Oh, that's, a, that's a look. It sure is. <laughs> I know nothing and I'm thrilled about it. It's from 2009. I was completely lying. I've loved it since I was 18 years old. It's a look. Our next movie will be The Uninvited. Sure will. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Catherine, thank you so much for being on this episode. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You had such interesting, good things to say that we would not have ever touched upon. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks. Had we done this on our own. I'm glad to have you 
on the episode. I was happy to be here. Do you want people to find you anywhere on the internet? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. You said that. Where can people find you? Slash, do you want people to find you? No, Which I do the not. Answer should always be no. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> All right then. Great. Until next time. <laughs> Love it. You can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Subscribe. Leave a review. Subscribe. Tell your friends. We do a lot of things in this space. It's been rotating. Of this space of this segment of the podcast, we our message keeps... Yes. Do the things. Do the things. That we tell you to do. Five stars. Y'all tell know your what friends. this is. It's 2019. Pass it along. <laughs> tell the people. And thank you, as always, to Wes Craven for making... Uh, clear to some members of the movie-going audience that a rape-revenge film can be an art film. Um, and not a... And not uh, exploitative trash. We love you, Wes Craven. Because The Last House on the Left? Yes. This is a whole other conversation. Yeah, a whole other conversation. opinions that I have never seen this movie. I've never seen either of them, so... I saw it, I think, in I theaters. and The original? The remake, probably. The remake. No, 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 okay. no. Remake okay, I don't think I've seen the original because I saw the remake in theaters and was like, you could have not. The remake is <laughs> No one made you. The remake is disgusting. It was terrible. So the I had a minute because I was like, Evan, no. or do we need to have a chat about no, this? No, no, no. Thank Wes Craven for the his original. original. What's, when, what year is the original? 1974. Film? It was 74. his first movie. Right, right, right. I didn't look at these ones. I don't know why I wrote notes down. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. spooky. You can say it too. Okay, sorry. I did. <laughs> Stay spooky. Stay <laughs> spooky.